0: You're listening to a Mint Podcast. Brought to you by HD Smartcast.
1: Hi, I'm Shavik Das. I'm Leslie Demonti.
0: And I'm Deepti Ahuja. You're listening to Mint Etc.
1: A podcast where we will talk about important developments in technology and how they will transform our lives, work and play as we know it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Dr. Mahipal Sachdev, Chairman and Medical Director at Centre for Sight. In the era of digitalization, the screen time of an individual has increased to a great extent. According to a recent report by Red Seer Strategy Consultants, the average time spent by Indians on their smartphones is up to 7.3 hours, one of the highest in the world. The COVID-19 pandemic has also amplified this number, as more time was spent on smartphones for various activities. Excessive exposure to screen and other environmental factors may impact our eyesight, making myopia more common. As per the WHO, the prevalence of myopia is expected to reach 3.3 billion across the world by 2030. That's huge! Hi, I'm Deepti Hoja, Head of Content at HT Smartcast and your host on Mint Tech Cetera. Today, to understand more about myopia, we have with us Dr. Mahipal Sajdev, Chairman and Managing Director at Centre for Sight. Dr. Sajdev is a distinguished ophthalmologist who has made significant contributions to the field of eye care. He was honoured with the prestigious Padma Shri Award in 2007. Hi Dr. Mahipal, how are you? Welcome to MintExatra. It's great to have you on the show.
1: My pleasure, it's great to be at the show.
0: So, uh, Dr. Mahipal, with everyone glued to the screen, myopia seems to be on the rise. But I'm sure many other factors contribute to myopia than just smartphones and screen times. Dr. Mahipal, could you shed some light on the factors contribute to the rise in its prevalence, especially in the context of genetic and environmental influences?
1: So, you're pretty much right. There are uh, several factors that contribute to the increase in the incidence of myopia. So the first factor that is there is absolutely uh, genetic factors, which would be a family history. If you have a family history of myopia, you are likely to have myopia. Uh, Early onset of myopia Mm -hmm. probably tends to happen in uh, patients whose mother, father are myopic and uh, who have high myopia. Typically, uh, more than minus six is what we call as high myopia. Then also uh, birth uh, history, sometimes a low birth weight or a premature birth associated with uh, something which is called as retinopathy or prematurity has also been suggested to be there for myopia development. Apart from that, uh, as you rightly said, then the next factors that come in apart from the genetics, etc. is the excessive near work. If you look at the eye, the eye is basically made for distance vision. And whenever you are doing hmm. near need- That means that whether you are on the smartphone or you are on the the computers or you are doing television, etc. All those things, there is a constant strain on the eye. And this excessive near work causes the progression or an increase in the myopia. Uh, This is something which uh, actually came to the fore also during the COVID time because all of us were locked at home. The kids' online classes were being done and everything was uh, digital. So there has been... Uh, uh an increase of the percentage of myopia by about two to three percentage that you can see year on year that is there uh the genetic uh, uh, composition uh, predispositions are so very important that if you look, look at east asian countries uh, for example if you look at japan or you look at korea or you look at taiwan or hong kong or you look at uh, even singapore or china etc Uh, The incidence of myopia there is close to 70%. It's 65 to 75%, which is a huge lot of uh, this thing. But in India, I think it's about 25% to 27% that is there. Now, the next important thing that is associated with an increase in uh, the myopia is that there is uh, the prolonged retinal defocus that is there because the constant accommodation that you have, the periphery of the retina gets defocused. So this causes a problem that is there. And when a person is doing a lot of education work or near work, that is a problem.
0: Hmm. Now,
1: clearly shown that outdoor activities, if you do, or if you are in the sun, that would retard the progression of uh, myopia. And uh, the uh, government, like a Singapore government, has made it mandatory in schools to have at least 90 minutes of outdoor time. If right. you get sunlight, then uh, that has a production of hormones. And that uh, uh, is working on the rods and cones and that is also working on the photoreceptors of the retina and can cause uh, an increase in the myopia that is there so light dopamine theory is what it is that dopamine which is there sunlight inhibits the increase in axial length uh, by promoting dopamine mm-hmm. release so you all know that dopamine is uh, Something that uh, if you go to the sunlight, you get dopamine release and this dopamine is thought to be helping in axial length means that the eyeball tends to become larger. In myopes, the eyeball tends to become larger. And this process of the eyeball becoming larger gets stopped or retarded if there is dopamine release. So therefore, outdoor exposure, which is in today's world, next to negligible because uh, outdoor games have really become uh, something uh, where very few kids go out all your classes are indoor, etc. So Japan, uh, Korea, and uh, Singapore, etc. There is a lot of emphasis on doing this because the incidence of myopia being so high, there are a lot of places where they are not able to get professionals where you want people without classes. For example, fighter pilots you want People who are uh, in the army, etc., railway professionals, etc. So those kind right. of things, therefore that is uh, which is important. And finally, what I will just uh, wish to say is that the increase in the screen time is today the most important environmental factor, uh, which is uh, so. There are several factors uh, which right. are leading to uh, the increase in the myopia, and myopia is really today I would say uh, assuming epidemic proportions.
0: Wow. Um, So are there any significant signs or symptoms that parents should be really aware of, uh, you know, in order to identify if their child is developing myopia?
1: So the first thing is that the poor child that often gets scolded that you are not doing well at school. Yeah, that's not the fault of a child because the child may be having myopia and the child is sitting at the back bench and the child is not able to see what's being written on the board etc so that uh, reduction in the performance of the child uh, in academics is one of the signs or symptoms but typically the signs of symptoms from a medical perspective is that there could be blurring of distance vision the child would Mm -hmm. come uh, sit next to a television to watch the television screen or would want to sit near for a blackboard then tired eyes that means because there is uh, what happens is that uh, normally if you have a power and if you squeeze your eyes like this so there is a pin holding effect and by which you can actually see a little more clearly so the child tends to do this a constant squeeze and then there is a constant stress which is called as asthenopia. that means that the tired eyes could be there this can lead to brow ache or this can lead to headache so that is something very important plus the child that can develop a squinting that means you can see that the child is trying to squint when a person is reading and also the near part of accommodation comes nearer. So the child wants to hold the books very near. So these are the signs and symptoms that can uh, make you aware that your child is possibly having some problem. Unfortunately, again, this is unfortunate that in India, there isn't an eye checkup done mandatorily when a child is born or maybe at one year's age or when the child is going to school. So when a child is getting admission into school, it is, according to me, mandatory that the child's eye exam should be done because if you do not correct myopia, then the tendency for the myopia to increase and the child performing poorly at school is obviously going to be there. And then there should be an yearly eye exam for the child to see whether the child is developing any refractive error or not.
0: Yeah, I I remember we used to have such exams every year in school. It used to be a part of our uh, medical examination. Um, But I was doing a bit of research and I read that leaving myopia untreated may also contribute to some serious eye health issues like uh, glaucoma, cataract, etc. Could you elaborate on more such specific risks that are associated with untreated myopia?
1: So untreated myopia, the first and the most important thing is that untreated myopia leads to more strain on the eye and it causes uh, a progression of myopia. So an untreated myopia would cause uh, 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 an increase in the myopia, there could be an increase in the axial length of the eye and that could lead to myopic macular degenerations. that could lead to even uh, uh, early onset of cataract. Uh, obviously, there could be open angle glaucoma, as you rightly said. Uh, so, and the diagnosis of an open angle glaucoma in a myopic uh, often becomes slightly more difficult. So, those are the kind of complications that you uh, have in a patient. And then there is another particular thing that normally uh, myopes tend to wear glasses. And as the glasses become thick, there is a minification factor that comes in. Mm-hmm. That the image tends to become minified plus the side vision in a glass gets uh, compromised so therefore there are the problems of uh, certain abrasions or quality of vision being pretty bad that happens in the cases of uh, myop so uh, mainly these are the things but myopic macular degeneration is something that you don't want because that is, jisko hai, ho jana, that is uh, part of myopia and the central vision gets impacted and because. You really can't do anything much once your a person is getting myopic macular uh, myopic macular degeneration. At times, you can have a hemorrhage within the below the eye, and that causes uh, sudden loss of vision, etc. So, these are a lot of complications that do happen.
0: As you rightly said, uh, myopia is an epidemic that's continuing to grow, um, and advanced procedures stand at the forefront of such efforts to provide innovative and effective solutions. Uh, Dr. Maipal, how do these cutting-edge technologies ensure patient safety uh, compared to traditional methods, especially for those seeking more permanent solutions? If you could just elaborate on that.
1: So, first of all, before I go on to the permanent solutions, there are certain other medical methods of myopia control uh, which are now available because permanent solutions for myopia control, that means getting rid of glasses, normally is done after 18 to 21 years of age when the person's myopia is stable and the other parameters of the eye are pretty good. But nowadays, uh, there is the use of, uh, under medical supervision, there is the use of uh, low-dose atropine eye drops, which are there, uh, which can uh, reduce the accommodative spasm. And that uh, has been clearly shown that it can impact the progression of myopia. Plus, there are certain types of new lenses in the glasses which have come, uh, which stimulate the periphery of the retina which again are given to children Uh, presently they are available up to minus 10 number and that also retards the progression of uh, the myopia so these are things uh, plus proper glasses etc as I told you environmental factors uh, diet etc these are the things that you wish to give to try and control the myopia now once the myopia the child is of a decent age that means that the child is able to understand and do then we can switch over to contact lenses apart from glasses and once the myopia is stable Hmm. so that is the third stage which is 18, 20, 21 normally we don't do it at uh, below that until, of course, somebody is wanting to get admission, say, into a merchant navy or something like that. You can possibly do it at 17 years or something like that. But typically, you do once the myopia is stable. And we have to run certain, dilate, uh, certain detailed checks. The detailed checks would include the corneal parameters, which are the most important. So, the corneal parameters essentially look at the corneal curvature and the corneal thickness. So, these detailed checks, plus it looks at the retina, plus it looks at the power, plus it looks at what is called as the abrasion profile. Once you have done this detailed workup, right. then those circumstances, then there are procedures which are essentially divided into two categories. One is cornea-based surgeries and the second is a lens-based surgery. A cornea-based surgery, the front transparent window of the eye is called as the cornea. Okay, And that causes a lot of refraction or the way the light is gets focused onto the retina. So when you are having a myopia or you are having a hypermetropia, that's a need for a plus power. A myopia means that the child uh, or the person needs to wear minus glasses. Okay. For correction. Mm. It means that the power of the eye is higher than what is normal. And therefore you have to put a minus or a defocusing lens in front of the eye to get the uh, rays to come on to a focus on the retina. So you have myopia, mm. you have hyperopia where you need additional plus power to get the light onto the focus onto the retina and there is a third thing which is called a cylindrical power or astigmatism where you have to have a cylindrical power so you could have combinations of a myopia with a cylindrical power or a hypermetropia with a cylindrical power now these refractive procedures which are there they will take care of changing the curvature of the cornea in a fixed and a permanent manner that means that if the cornea is say curved like this, you will take away a certain amount of corneal tissue and you can flatten it. Hmm. Okay, By taking away this, you are changing the shape of the cornea. If you have a cylindrical power, you will take away an oval shape. So, it's like you uh, take out certain tissue of cornea which is oval. And therefore, your cylindrical power will come down. And if you have a hypermetropia, you will make it a paracentral ablation by which you can make the cornea more steep. So, if the cornea becomes more steep, then the need for a plus power goes away. So, these are the various methodologies which are called as laser refractive surgeries. Hmm. That means that you are using a laser to reshape the cornea. Hmm. So, earlier when you were using a laser, you were using a burning laser which is called as an eczema laser. You would make a flap in the cornea. So, if this is the cornea, you would if this is the cornea, you would slice it like this, burn away a certain amount of tissue and put back the flap. The flap would stick to the undersurface and this shape would have been changed. But now from there you have gone into the smooth incision, lenticular mm. keratomeleusis, that is called as the silk procedure. Okay, so what you do is that here I told you that supposing I have burned away the tissue, instead of burning this tissue, we are using what is called as a femtosecond laser. A okay. femtosecond laser is a, measure, femto is a measurement of time. Hmm. So this laser fires for one quadrillionth of a second. That means wow. it is firing for 10 to the power of minus 15. That yeah. is the same femtosecond because it is firing for a femtosecond only. So this is the cutting laser. So you pass the laser in one plane, you pass the laser in another plane, you create like a lenticule and you pull it out only from a two millimeter incision.
0: Hmm.
1: Instead of having a larger flap, which is a 22 millimeter incision, you are working in silk only with a two millimeter incision and you are creating a lenticule. Let me give you another example. Supposing you get a letter, the hmm. letter is in an envelope. And you need to only open one part of the envelope and take out the letter. You don't have to cut it all around to open it. So that is the difference between say a, a LASIK uh, procedure, a Contura or anything like that where you have to make a flap and then burn and then put back the flap even though the flap sticks to the cornea but it does not contribute to the strength of the cornea. While the strength of the cornea yeah. or the mechanical strength of the cornea is less compromised when you are just making a 2 millimeter incision to take out the lenticule. Now, the hmm. silk procedure is giving us fantastic, consistent results. Again, we should be proud to say that the first procedure of silk in the world was done uh, at our institution way back in uh, uh, on fifth of January, twenty twenty. So it's been four years since we have been working on this particular technology, and excellent results have yes. been given. And now it's commercially available. Uh, across the world almost except for a couple of countries but a lot of countries this is available across the country the amount of energy that is delivered on the cornea is very little dry eye is very little post this procedure and the biggest advantage of this lenticule is that this lenticule is shaped in a manner which is called as a biconvex lenticule a biconvex hmm. lenticule gives you the best quality of vision like uh, the cameras on which things are being recorded today the right. lens used in the camera is a biconvex lens so a biconvex oh. lens has the least amount of abrasions or, or deterioration in the quality of the vision so that is why the silk procedure giving you minimum uh, kind of uh, uh, requirement of energy Uh, It's a very fast laser the outcomes are pretty good they have been published and the patients are pretty happy and they have a wow factor and more than 97% of the patients who had this procedure said that it was a good decision for them to go ahead with this particular procedure as of now we can treat powers up to minus 10 and cylindrical powers up to minus 6 so that is the range that we have it is still not available for the plus power on which we are working and uh, soon we should be able to have over the next couple of years the plus correction power also for the sales procedure.
0: Regardless, in the past four years, if you've been able to develop this technology and, you know, the widespread, uh, uh, make it widespread, it's quite path-breaking. Uh, as we end this episode, uh, Dr. Maipal, any key advice or tips that you would like to share with our listeners, especially parents, you know, to promote healthier vision and such habits in our digital age today? <laughs>
1: Okay the first thing is that uh, I think uh, the parents need to be aware that eyes are very very important and an annual eye examination is something which is very important. We cannot take away kids from doing near work that is there but the near work that is essential for them to be done should be mandated only and they should definitely have outdoor activities and outdoor sports. Uh, the adequate lighting should be there. That means a person should have adequate lighting. If you are working like we are talking on the uh, computer, it should be at the same level as your eye and the distance should be adequate. Uh, apart from that, there is a very simple rule which is called as 20-20-20 rule. That means that after 20 minutes, uh, you should uh, break, pause and look at right. a distance which is uh, 20 feet and then you should have about 20 blinks, full blinks like this so that the tear resurfacing happens, so that you do not tend to have more strain on the eye. Screen settings, the adjustment of the brightness, it should not just be on the power saving mode, and you have very low brightness, because that causes the problem, and very high brightness is also something uh, not good. The uh, font size should be adequate, it should not be too uh, small, Uh, that is there. And what I have to say is that uh, the kids... If they uh, use uh, less of video games, etc., that is something very important. Green leafy vegetables, vitamin A is also good for the health of the uh, eye. Uh, Omega-3 fatty acid, uh, you can easily get supplements, especially for the older people. That also helps you in the maintenance of the eye. Another important thing that is there is the pollution that is happening nowadays. This, uh, you can say, Delhi is the capital of the pollution. This has particulate matters and that is causing... Uh, disruption of the tear film so you are a lot of us are getting a lot of allergies and a lot of dry eye Mm. eye causes you a lot of redness itchiness scratchy by the time you are at uh, you finish your work so it's preferable to wear sunglasses or uh, preferable to have protective glasses on and to use some lubricant eye drops which are off the counter you can use some lubricant eye drops that helps you uh, in uh, uh, protecting your eyes from these even harmful UV light of the uh sun plus the pollutants etc and finally I will re-emphasize that do not take uh, eyes as something which are uh, which can be neglected a regular eye checkup uh, will hold the uh, the problem uh, you will detect the problem early and as it is said a stitch in time saves nine that's going to be important for us Absolutely. the economic dependence of an individual if he is uh, blind or is not having good visions is phenomenal nobody wants mm-hmm. Dependent on anybody, there is is the the person's own mentality, psyche goes, we have seen patients who have ignored say a cataract and got a surgery done, they have, they again become full of life, they start seeing colors, they start seeing everything. So I think eye care is something very, very important Mm. and same thing even for myopia control, a child with glasses is often uh, not having the same confidence. Hmm. He's not able to perform the tasks. If he has to play contact sports, football, this, that, like uh, you are on the television screen, etc., etc., you don't want to wear glasses. So, therefore, myopia is something very, very important. Eye care is very important. And we need to take adequate uh, precautions to keep our eyes healthy and uh, to keep looking at the beauty of life uh, through our life.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mahipal, for such an informative session. I sure hope that this has helped our listeners quite a bit. Thank you.
1: Thank you. So, folks, that's it for this episode. You are listening to Mint, etc. You can reach out to us on LinkedIn if you have any questions. Our handles are in the description.
0: This episode was produced by me, Deepti Ahuja. It was edited by Amrinder Singh. Catch you next week.